What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's Friday, April 17th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is your daily coronavirus update. We take a look inside Italy's fight against COVID-19. Isabel Young, senior correspondent at Vice News, was embedded in the Lombardy region of Italy, a global hotspot for the coronavirus. While she was there, she reported from the Papa Giovanni Hospital and spoke to doctors in the ER and ICU about their experiences treating patients. She spoke with local residents about how their lives have changed and if they feel things are getting any better. Isabel also went to a local funeral to observe how social distancing has affected the whole thing. It's an emotional and informative look into how the pandemic has changed Italy, and you can see it on Vice TV. Thanks for joining us, Isabel. Thanks so much for having me. I wanted to bring you on to talk about this new report that you just did for Vice News Tonight. You can find it on Vice TV. It's called COVID-19, Italy's Tragedy. I have to say, I, the report is excellent. I just got done watching it. It's part cautionary tale. It's emotional. You spoke to people who have lost loved ones. You took an ambulance ride with EMTs to an emergency call at a nursing home. You went to the Papa Giovanni Hospital just to see how they operate. For us here in the United States, it seems like we might be getting a handle on it. We have a long way to go still, but Italy was one of the first countries to be hit so hard by this. And that's why I say it's kind of a cautionary tale. We're taking a lot of cues from the way other countries are reacting to this. And it was just an excellent report, a really good look into how they are handling it. So, Isabel, tell us a little bit. The first images we see from your report, are you taking that ride with an ambulance to a nursing home to pick up a woman who is having a really hard time with this? Yeah, so, I mean, I would say that I wasn't in the ambulance myself. Um, I was in the car right behind. Um, You know, one of the challenges with the shoot is obviously um, making sure that both our crew and um, everyone around us is safe. And so I was following right behind. But, yeah, what we saw was um, the EMTs working really around the clock um, throughout Lombardy province um, or region, sorry. And they were just um, responding to calls the whole time, which is, you know, this area is just really almost silent at the moment, apart from this constant sound of sirens that you can hear. Um, And that is these EMTs 
uh, responding to COVID-19 calls. And the EMTs, you asked them, how do you feel this is going to change or what's going to happen after this? And one of the EMTs said that they're scared that nothing will ever be the same. And where they picked up the woman, you know, they had to be part counselor almost. They had to walk her through it, tell her, hey, everything's going to be okay. We're going to help you. But as you mentioned, they're just doing this round the clock. They said they're just getting calls all the time. Yeah, it's, I mean, one thing that was really striking was just how exhausted um, these people are. You know, they really barely have time to think about or process what they're seeing. But this has been a long time now. This has been weeks and weeks and weeks that they've been going through this every single day. And they are the ones who, you know, have the first point of contact with some of these patients who are absolutely terrified, often being taken away from their families. They don't know when or if they'll get to see them again, taken away from everything that's familiar around them. And they're the ones that are having to kind of guide them through this process. And they're having to do that in these hazmat suits um, in a really, really terrifying situation. And they show a little bit about how they get geared up, head to toe, everything, and they get to the woman and they eventually help her. And from there, the report takes it to the Papa Giovanni Hospital. And this is interesting because they literally have a red line down the hospital, right down the middle, so they can separate people who might have been contaminated, workers that might have been around people with COVID-19, and people that are clean. And so this is one of the striking images that you see right off the bat is that literal red line in the hospital. So one of the criticisms that Italy has had is that the virus has spread quickly, perhaps in part because people are going to hospitals and medical facilities and catching it there. So what they've learned is that they need to keep kind of the clean areas separate from the dirty areas. And they are very particular and very strict about that. So they make sure that anyone entering those contaminated areas with patients who have COVID-19 or have tested positive for COVID-19 are kept very separate. The tools are kept very separate. Everything is kind of separated in order to attempt to reduce the the risk of contamination. And tell us a little bit about how the doctors and the nurses are operating there. There's a lot of cramped spaces. The PPE, the personal protective equipment is obviously limited everywhere right now, but they can't even leave the room for their entirety of their shifts a lot of times because they can't afford to get rid of that PPE. They'll have to get brand new ones if they step out and step back in. I mean, these guys are real heroes. They're essentially going in on their shift. They're working, I think it's five days on, two days off they have. Although some of the more senior physicians are saying that they've had about four days off over the last six weeks or so since the epidemic really had its major outbreak. But yeah, I mean, they're going in there for eight to 10 hour shifts at a time. They're wearing their PPEs and they're not really able to go out into the clean areas, obviously, because they might then contaminate some areas. And it's really, really heavy work. It was kind of incredible to witness it. You know, one of the interesting things about this whole pandemic, as much as we hear about it, it's hard for people that aren't going through it or don't know somebody personally that go through it to notice kind of the severity of the whole situation. And we have these stay at home orders. Some people don't like it and all that. But you ask the doctors there to give advice to other people, other countries. And one of the first things they said, stay at home, limit the social life. You have to practice all that social distancing because that is one of the things that helps them in these overloaded healthcare systems? Yeah, I mean, you know, these doctors and nurses have seen it all. I think about over 100 um, doctors and over 30 Italian nurses have so far lost their lives from this epidemic. So they are obviously on the very front lines of of seeing this. Um, But yeah, one of our goals was really to get to the humanity, get to the human toll of this, because I don't think we've really seen the the real cost of what is happening and how incredibly serious this is. And everyone really had the same message, which is, yes, you have to stay at home. You have to take this seriously because the cost is just so immense. 
I want to transition a little bit to that human cost and the toll that has been taken on the country. I want to start off in the hospital and then I want to move to you know how funerals are changing. But first off in the hospital, it was a very emotional kind of eerie moment where they took you into the room where they had all of the personal items for people that have passed away. And I think you asked the worker there, hey, well, you know, what percentage of people probably died from COVID-19 in here? And they said all of them. And it's just bags of stuff, of things that people left behind and family members can't even go pick up because of quarantine rules and things like that. So the the hospital we're at, Papa Giovanni Hospital, is the, the biggest hospital in Bergamo. And they have about a 30% survival rate of people who are going in there with coronavirus, which means that seven out of 10 people just aren't coming out alive. Um, and that is really horrific to see. And it's really struck home when you see these rooms full of plastic bags of people's belongings. And these plastic bags aren't picked up by family members who would usually pick them up because the whole country is obviously under lockdown still. Um, and it's just really heartbreaking to to see, you know, such an undignified and sad departure. In the United States, we're experiencing a, a lot of loss, nothing on the scale that Italy has gone through. And we hope to avoid that fate for our loved ones here. There in Italy, there was a couple of moments where you showed images of how churches have just a ton of rows and rows of coffins. The priests there are doing blessings there. And a lot of people are foregoing traditional burial now. They're doing cremations. And just kind of that whole thing is just a different thing, a different departure for them. Well, I would say that, you know, the U.S. has now overtaken Italy to have the most deaths um, from coronavirus in the world. So the U.S., I think, is very much treading in Italy's footsteps. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the deaths of these people, you know, a lot of people are very scared that these bodies could still be contaminated, that they could um, catch something. Also, I mean, large gatherings or any form of gathering really is prohibited. And so funerals are really, really rare. We did attend one of a lady who died in a in a nursing home. And so her case wasn't actually confirmed to be coronavirus. So they were able to have a very small funeral with immediate family only, which given the current circumstances, is just really heartbreaking because it just strikes home how how many people are grieving at the moment. And you don't really see it because everyone's inside their homes and they're grieving alone, but it's eerie. You spoke to a lot of people about the government response as well. You also spoke to one of the officials from the Lombardi regional government. How do people feel about the response that has been taken there, both on the side of the officials and both on the side of the public? Because you spoke to some members of the public and they said, Really, nobody believes the numbers as far as cases and death rates, but they do feel like it's getting better. There are signs of hope. But I think everyone had the same message that we really need to be very cautious when we think about that sign of hope. You know, the daily death toll is decreasing and has decreased consistently in Italy. But at the same time, we don't know what the unofficial numbers are. So Italy only tests um, people who get to hospital, people who are in critical um, cases. And so there's a whole wealth of people who are either dying in nursing homes or dying at home, too afraid or unable to get to hospitals themselves. Um, and we spoke to a lot of nursing homes. We spoke to a lot of people um, who had family members who had died at home and weren't officially counted in that toll. Um, so we do suspect the number is much, much higher. You know, everybody's looking forward to when we can get back to normal, reopen our economies, go back to business as usual. One of the officials you spoke to there about this very same thing, they said, be patient. It's going to take some time to get life back to normal. Yeah, I mean, that's the message um, across the board, really, from any officials that you talk to in Italy. I mean, there has been a very slow opening of certain bookstores or certain stores in other parts of Italy. But in Lombardy region, where it's been most severely hit, 
I think it's going to be weeks, if not months, before we see any real signs of um, things going back to normality. And those are the same messages we hear in the States as well. You know, it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of effort by everyone to pull through on this. Everyone that we were talking to, including the doctors, including the officials, um, everyone was saying that, you know, if they do loosen those restrictions, they will see a second, if not a third wave. And it could be even more grave than what we've seen so far. Isabel, it was a great report. It's called COVID-19, Italy's Tragedy. You can catch it on Vice News tonight on Vice TV. It's out now, so just look for it. And uh, it, it is really a good look into how Italy is, ha- has been handling this. Isabel Young, Senior Correspondent at Vice News, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Oscar. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been your Daily Coronavirus Update. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.